Let us pray. Send your spirit among us, O God, as we meditate on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Prepare our minds to hear your word. Move our hearts to accept what we hear. Purify our will to obey in joy and faith. This we pray through Christ, our Savior. Amen. The Old Testament reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4a. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I will focus on verses 11 through 17. Listen for the word of the Lord. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe If I tell you about heavenly things, no one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we give thanks for this day. Use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Be with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Verses 11 through 17 in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, represent Jesus' response to a man named Nicodemus who questioned, how can anyone be born after growing old? How can anyone be born again? The preceding verses starting at the beginning of of chapter 3 provide context to Jesus' response in verses 11 through 17. Jesus was having a conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, 
a leader in the Jewish community and a member of the Sanhedrin. Both groups, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, were known for their opposition towards Jesus. Nicodemus appears to respect Jesus as a teacher because he refers to him as rabbi in verse 2. He gives us a glimpse at his spiritual state of being because he comes to Jesus by night. Why didn't he go to see Jesus during the daytime? Surely Jesus was out and about teaching and performing miracles because verse 3 tells us that Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. Yet, he did not believe. He did not believe it because Jesus responded, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus wanted to know, how can this be? Is it, is it possible for a grown human being being born from a mother a second time? Nicodemus didn't understand the magnitude of the relationship of the kingdom of God and being born from heaven. So Jesus provided yet another explanation. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The, bl the wind blows where it chooses. And you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of, of the Spirit. Nicodemus was baffled. How can these things be? Jesus responded, and you are a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Jesus spoke directly to Nicodemus, saying, You, as in second person singular, are you the teacher of Israel? But Jesus also spoke to Nicodemus, uh, to those who Nicodemus represented, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, using the second person plural, you, and yet you do not understand these things. He came to Jesus by night. Nicodemus and the Jewish leaders that he represented taught the kingdom of God, yet he could not understand the most basic requirement for entering to the kingdom of heaven, what it means to be born of the Spirit. Regeneration by the Spirit is not an uncommon theme in the Old Testament. It is found in books of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, and Psalms. And Jesus expected this revered teacher of Israel to understand these things. Beloved, to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Verses 3 and 5 begin in the Greek language, Amin, Amin, Lego, Soy. Now, in verse 11, Jesus addressed Nicodemus in the same way. Amin, amin, lego soy. Very truly, I tell you, 
With these words, Jesus addressed Nicodemus in a serious manner, which emphasized Nicodemus' lack of understanding who Jesus was and what was required to enter the kingdom of God. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. Here, Jesus identifies himself with the God, the Father, of whom he came to make known to the world, to testify to the truth, and to offer eternal life. Jesus spoke these words testifying to what he knew and to what he had seen, a concept that Nicodemus and the Jewish leaders did not accept. In verse 12, Jesus continued he draw, uh, to draw attention to the fact that Nicodemus and those like him did not grasp earthly things like the need to be born again as a requirement to enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, Jesus could speak about earthly things. He could speak about the kingdom of heaven because he identified himself as the son of man and therefore the only one who has ascended into and descended from heaven. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is the foreshadow of the crucifixion of Jesus. Jesus' mention of Moses and his lifting up the serpent comes from Numbers chapter 21, where the people spoke against God and Moses in the wilderness, and God sent poisonous snakes to bite the people. Some of the people died and others cried out to Moses confessing their sin against God and Moses petition to God to spare them. The scriptures tell us that Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it up on a pole and whenever a serpent bit someone that person would look at the pole at the serpent on the pole of bronze and live. So it was for the Son of Man. He must die on the cross so that those who believe in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. William Hall argues that the dimensions of divine love described in Ephesians Love's breadth, length, height, and depth are given substance by John 3.16. When we, when we follow Ephesians 3.18, when we ask how broad is the love of God, John 3.16 replies, for God so loved the world. When we ask, to what length did God go to love a world like ours, John 3.16 replies, he gave up his only son. When we ask, to what depth did the son descend on our behalf, John 3.16 replies, he went where people were perishing. And finally, when we ask, to what height did he lift those who were perishing in the depths, John 3.16 replies, he provided them with eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him.
brothers and sisters, Jesus wants us to believe his testimony and have eternal life. So how do we believe in that which we cannot see? We believe what we have not been able to see by reading the manual that God left for us, the Bible. And if you love books like I do, then you probably have read a dozen or so books. And if you like books like me, you have a number of books on your reading list. But how many times have you read the Bible cover to cover? Lenten season is a great opportunity to turn your focus towards Christ and practice engaging with God by reading the Bible. When you read the Bible, you open the door to new revelations from God. Make reading the scripture a part of your daily routine. It's a great way to start your day, to be encouraged and strengthened to face the challenges of each day. If you are already in the habit of reading the Bible, then you may have experienced how God can use the same scripture to reveal something new to you each time you read it. John 14 and 27 is one of my favorite verses. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. This verse is more meaningful to me today than it was 20 to 30 years ago. When you enjoy reading God's word, you will want to share it with others. And that is what we are called to do, to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Second, surround yourself with like-minded people. Keep company with fellow Christians Far too many of us, Sunday, for far too many of us, on Sunday is the only day we intentionally spend time with other believers. The rest of the week we are in the world and vulnerable to worldly things like keeping up with the Joneses, feeling the pressure of social media to have the most likes or have a large number of friends on social media. But let me tell you, if you don't already know, Every person that you add to your friend list because that person knows someone that knows someone that you might know, in reality, is not your friend. When you surround yourself with fellow Christians, you have the opportunity to grow together as you actively participate in loving God and neighbor. You have the advantage of receiving encouragement, love, and support when you need it from a Christian perspective. Yes, the world may offer you the same, but at what cost? The loss of friendship, your reputation, or worse, your soul. Also surrounding yourself with believers in Christ helps you to resist temptations and keeps you accountable to loving God and neighbor on your faith journey. Surround yourselves with fellow Christians, supporting one another so that what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians will be the same for you. I, have conf I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Finally, 
Look for God's presence in your life and be encouraged. When you rise in the morning, look for God in creation. The trees that are budding, the flowers that are blooming, birds humming and dogs barking, the sounds of life around you. Take the time throughout the day to notice God in action. We are inundated by bad news on the TV, the radio, and social media. War, natural disasters, and crime are abundant and take priority in media coverage. While in the midst, there are miracles happening every day that are overlooked and unmentioned. And if by chance a good thing makes the news, it is soon forgotten. So watch for God's presence in your life and share what God has done for you with someone and be encouraged, encourage one another. God is alive and well and doing miracles every day and we need to talk about them. We need to tell the world how great our God is and how great we are in his life. Brothers and sisters, reading the Bible, surrounding yourself with fellow believers and watching and sharing God's presence in our lives is how we Christians believe Christ's testimony. Then we can live with eternal life in our view and say with conviction, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Amen? Amen.